welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Hi. Hi. <laughs> do I sound weird? No, no, no. It's because it, I'm, I'm in a rush. I'm like, shit, I got to do this. I got to do this. I do this. I, of course. Mean mugging me, being grumpy. I wasn't being grumpy. I just hate when somebody when people hold me up. I'm not saying it's you. It's your youngest. Because she's in the middle of doing her chores and decides to go, hey, I'm going to go sit in the bathroom for like 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> knowing goddamn well that we're recording. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, mean mug. Managing editor and writer of ScreenGeek. Mark Salcedo. Mm. You know what I have to say about that? What? That girl didn't want to die. She just wanted out of that house. <laughs> Your daughter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's slowly dying, but she really just wanted to get out of the house. So she went in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and she transported herself to a world without responsibility. A world of pure imagination. Mm-hmm. What's up, Pocket? You stop it. We're recording. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. And if you could please review us on iTunes, we will get noticed. Our segments for this week's show are the news, our recent review of the Tender Bar, our variety time, which is try this, not that. Our geriatric cinematic is The Virgin Suicides, which came out in 1999. And what is our topic? I feel like I've used this topic, but if I have, fuck it. Adolescent can be a bitch sometimes. I don't think you've used this specific topic, mm-hmm. but you very commonly say something about something being a bitch. I'm all looking at the topic for next week. I'm like, did I say something? Oh, no. Okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The news. Um, The news? The news. Okay. Yeah, the news about Netflix. Okay. It dropped $50 billion in value overnight. Damn. If I drop $50 overnight, I'm already like sweating. <laughs> um, they fell short of subscriber goals. Mm-hmm. I feel like companies are doing this thing now where they're like, COVID was great mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. We made a lot of money. Like you talking about like streaming, like companies in general, or like streaming services? in general. Okay. Like okay, so you've got Netflix. Peloton's also suffering. Okay, really? They're suffering because they made like buku bucks when everyone had to stay at home. Ah, gotcha. and then now they're not like getting new orders as much as they were, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Fuck, we're not making as much money as we're spending mm, now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, Netflix's market cap dropped around $50 billion in value. Um, According to The Wrap, this is the worst 24-hour period on the stock market since uh, July 2012 for the company. Damn. So on Thursday, Netflix revealed that it very nearly hit the self-imposed goal of accumulating 222 million subscribers in 2021. Mm. Um, But since that's almost isn't actually like getting to your goal yeah um investors panicked so Uh, the the company's stock prices dropped 21.8 percent 
which adds up to a loss of more than $100 per share from the end of the day Thursday to the end of the day Friday. I, you know what, now that, um, because like, obviously like 2020 and 2021, like everybody was really good into streaming, you know, Disney plus, uh, Apple TV, like there were, there was this huge push for like streaming Mm -hmm. from like these, like these tech companies and everything like that. I now, now looking at that, I don't, I won't say that the streaming bubble is going to pop. I think it is going to slow down because there are going to be a ton of people who rather just stay home and watch stuff. But like, that's not like the only option anymore. Exactly. But also like, I think just companies have to be smarter about what they're doing in general. Like obviously people are going back to work. They don't have the time to sit home and watch shit all day. I know you're right. They would like, they would sit home. They would sit home work, and still be able to watch shit at the same time. Yeah. Um, so the majority of the losses came mm-hmm. after hours. Hmm. So, you know, like the stock market has certain hours. Yeah, yeah, And they have yeah. the closing bell. Hmm, okay. Um, so it's actually possible that they could be pulling in even less Ooh, than recorded on the last business day. Um. <sighs> So as bad as that all looked last week, uh, the panic from investors probably took into account the mm. less than stellar projections from the first quarter of 2022 as well. Mm. Um, so they only show an estimated 2.5 million new subscribers so far uh, for 2022. Mm. And so considering that the numbers were yeah. closer to 4 million this time last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're obviously like okay what the fuck yeah yeah plus like th- there are there are so many options now i mean netflix used to be like the go-to mm-hmm. like i've had a netflix account for like i think my netflix account is actually maybe five six years older than my own daughter than my daughter <laughs> um but like i don't even like think of it twice like oh i'm probably gonna cancel it or something like that i i i because like there's so many things to watch now i mean like uh streaming wise like, I, it seems like the thing that's kind of like, not necessarily dominating the streaming service, but it seems like HBO Max is kind of like coming up there because mm-hmm. their their library is, is actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple TV has like a lot of high quality stuff. But, it's, but this time last year, you would have been like, who's watching Apple TV? I know, right? I know, right? But like, let me see, like we watched uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Like mm-hmm. that was that was really great. We watched Swan Song. Those are both on on Apple TV. Uh, I was watching like Ted Laszlo, uh, Mr. Corman, and stuff like that. Great quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they're so Netflix competitors are kind of like catching up. Um, so there's there's obviously more options now. Um, like I'm actually watching Netflix uh, for like The Ozark, and before then I wasn't really watching Netflix that much i was like yeah i don't really care what's on there like there's their shows aren't really grasping me anymore i'm kind of like that right now with netflix too Mm -hmm. i only try to watch like the documentaries but even Mm -hmm. their documentaries are kind of like the vh uh vh1 like oh like the 80s nostalgia documentary or something like that yeah i'm kind of like no i don't want to watch that yeah um all right is that it for that that news Mm mm-hmm Okay, uh, so that was my turn. Uh, Alex Garland is reteaming with A24 for an action 
epic civil war uh it's gonna star uh kirsten dunce wagner moore who else is gonna star in it Mm, Stephen McKinley Henderson Stephen Stephen whatever and Kat Kaylee it's Spanny was it Spanny? I don't know Spanny let's go with that anyway um, Garland is going to direct a near future um, film about America from its original screenplay okay near future America its original screenplay Uh, so far the details are under wraps there's not a whole lot about this but I I'm excited about this because it's A24, mm-hmm. you know, currently my favorite studio mm-hmm. and it's Alice Garland, currently one of my favorite directors. Um, and then Kirsten Dunn, she did a really good performance in power, uh, The Power of the Dog. Um, but yeah, like anything Alice Garland does, I'm like, all right, I'm there. You yeah. know, Christopher Nolan used to do that to me. Not so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you just like it when directors do things to you, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then I get disappointed when they don't do it right, or they don't do it anymore, and you're like, "Why don't you love me?" I know I give you money. Why don't you love me anymore, Edgar Wright? Why don't you answer my emails? I'm outside your window. Anyway, that's that's pretty much it about that. I just wanted to say like, "Hey, yay!" I'm excited about that. Hey, yay! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Godzilla and Kaiju Monster TV series in the works from Legendary. You said that wrong. Apple. You said Godzilla wrong. It's Godzilla. Okay. Well, I'm not Asian. You know, Cameron tried to get on me about that the other day, saying I said something wrong. Mm -hmm. But she's like, Mom, you said that like you were white. And I'm like, I am white. I know how to say this word because it's in Spanish, but I chose to say it the white way. Mm -hmm. Like, I could do both. I would just say, like, you walk crookedly downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) I would just say, just go like that. (laughs) So, So, what's going on? What's going on with kaiju monsters with apple okay apple tv has apple tv plus mm-hmm. okay has partnered with legendary for a new original live action show based on the creatures and the mysterious monster tracking organization seen in the popular films um legendary television i guess is a thing mm-hmm. um the show will be executive produced by chris black the sci-fi veteran behind Star Trek Enterprise and Robert Kirkman series Outcast and Matt Fraction, best known for his award-winning comic book work such as Marvel Comics, Hawkeye. Um, the two will act as the show's co-creators with Black as the showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, so another executive producer is uh, Safe House Pictures' Joby Harold in Tori Tunnel. And also Hiro Matsuka and Takemasa Arita mm. of Toho Co. Limited. I, I think it's funny how you're like, legendary television is a thing. Your daughter watches Lost in Space. And that's legendary television. But it was on Netflix. <laughs> Hold on. And you watched that show Love. Uh-huh. And that's a legendary television. But it was and, on Netflix. But you watched it. And I didn't see legendary <laughs> TV anywhere. It's all over the place. Like the the characters have logos on, on their heads. Um, I I actually think this this is. I, I guess they're, they're they're trying to change up because they were built. Um, legendary Pictures was building this whole like monster universe with uh, Godzilla, King Kong. Uh, what's it called kong skull island or whatever and then there was what kong versus like godzilla and shit mm-hmm. and there was like oh we're not gonna spoil the end but like they're they were obviously leading up of like okay 
more kaiju are coming. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be more movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just like, no, 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 we're just going to go ahead and just turn that into a show. Just just put on some little streaming Well, series. I mean, it, maybe they have the, uh, the right idea. Well, see, that's the thing. Because, like, the Mandalorian exists. Okay, so Mandalorian, you can enjoy that on television. That is a that is a show. Like, because the scale. This is like a kaiju monster. Like, I, I feel like whenever you watch a kaiju kaiju monster film, you have to watch it, like, on the big screen. Because you have to get the full idea of the scale of this monster or, like, the destructions and whatnot. Maybe they'll scale it back a little bit and you'll feel a little bit more like you're watching Barney and Friends. <laughs> hey, Godzilla. What's today's lesson? That's why he's like, Fire, got it. It's dangerous, kids. Here's the kaiju monsters. Oh no! Anyway, sorry. Apple TV, call me up. I got your, I got your song already made. Um. So yeah, they made the announcement on Thursday. Apple did. Yeah, last week, last Thursday. Last Thursday, yeah, because today's only Tuesday. Um. That's it. Are you mildly interested no. in this? Okay. I'm more interested in mm. watching more of the really old shit with you. Oh, the old Gojira, the old like Mothra and Ghidorah and stuff like yeah. that. Because, I mean, it is kind of funny, but also like there's, there's they a, have like a level of entertainment that's not just, haha, this is funny. Like they yeah. have a different type of storytelling. Yeah. And it's like a level of charm. And some of like the stories are like... Like quite legit. Like, um, oh, I'm trying to remember. Not Mecha Godzilla. I'm trying to remember the. Oh, it's escaping me right now. The Godzilla that's like from space. I for, I fucking forgot the name of that that type of kaiju. But that's like the one that like wrecked shit. Like mm. I believe that one killed Godzilla at one point. Mm. You know. Um, I I am kind of interested in this. Um, just to see if like. Just to see what they can do with it, see how they can expand on it, because um, despite you know these movies are mainly known or mainly recognized for the monsters, there are like actual stories of like people trying to like survive, or um, there's like some B plot where it's like oh there's like a secret alien invasion coming along, coming along, or like the government's being thrown over or something like that, and it kind of like merges into like the kaiju monster like wrecking havoc and shit like that yeah so i'm i'm curious about it yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) all right what do we got next next we're gonna do our recent review of the tender bar your grandfather is a selfish old prick who resents taking care of his family and yet you all end up back here at my house welcome your only uncle so most of your favorite uncle Right? Sounds like some <laughs> I have no idea how, but you are going to law school. So you can sue your father for child support! No, so he can help with your fines about the septic tank. No, here we go. Hey, whose kid is that? My sister. Which sister? A hot one or a crazy one? What, you wanna die? <laughs> Okay, two rules. I'm never gonna let you win. And I'm gonna always tell you the truth. Your father is deadbeat. I'll take care of you. Teach you the male sciences. I saw you in the yard playing sports. You're not very good. Now find some other activities. I like to read. You read enough of those. Maybe you could become a writer. 
One more thing, very important. Never hit a woman, even if she stabs you with scissors. Got it. See you, me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Got an announcement. Today, my nephew is officially a man. The synopsis is, a boy growing up on Long Island seeks out father figures among the patrons at his uncle's bar. Directed by George Clooney, written by William Monaghan and J.R. Moringer. It stars Ben Affleck, Ty Sheridan, Daniel Ranieri, Lily Rabe, Christopher Lloyd, and Max Martini. Before we get into the review of The Tinder Bar, right here on the spot, I'm going to make the theme song for the Tinder Bar TV show set in the 80s. When you're going down the street and you need a drink, there's some friends over there at the Tinder Bar. When you gotta know everyone, but you're a stranger in the town, go to the Tinder Bar. You're just gonna let me keep going, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, that's it. I, I, am, I was almost going to be like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to walk away now. We're done. <laughs> I know, right? You just hear the headphones. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, George Clooney's The Tinder Bar. Uh, Kelsey, what did, you, what did you think of this movie? I like the movie mm-hmm. a lot. Okay, all right, all right. I know it had some weird editing. Mm-hmm. Um. But the characters came across very genuine. Mm-hmm. The acting was great. Someone got their comeuppance in a really great way that I like. I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it was enough. It was the dog. Wait, what? What? The dog. There's no dog in this movie. I know. <sighs> it, go, that was me off. trying to throw them off the scent, Mark. Well, like they—they they still have no idea what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Go on. Go on. Um, it's nice to see Ben Affleck playing in something that isn't Batman. Have you have you seen any? Well, you have seen. At least the Accountant. My, okay. Uh, you have seen one movie where, Bat, where Batman, fuck, <laughs> where Ben Affleck did some acting, and that was the last duel. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But you've... You've never really seen anything of Ben Affleck just acting without, like, being an action star or, like, a uh, Batman, have you? No. Okay. All right. No, actually, and I'm sitting here trying to think about it. I'm like, I no, know, right? because anything I've seen him in, mm-hmm. he's always been mediocre or less. I, I will not I will not deny that Ben Affleck, in his... in mm, I will say maybe as... Maybe as, like, ten years... Maybe like the recent 10 or maybe five years, Ben Affleck has proven that he can actually act. Uh huh. Um, oh, okay. Case in point uh, Argo. Great performance. Didn't from, watch that. Okay, I know, right? I know. <laughs> Argo is a great. <laughs> Argo, he's a great performance in Argo. Um, the Town. Didn't watch that. I know you didn't watch that. I know. <laughs> this is why we do this podcast. Great performance. Oh, I know. Gone Girl. That wasn't the last 10 years, was it? Yeah, uh, 2014. Oh, okay. Gone Girl. That was good, but I would say that it was more good for the female actress than it was for him. I know, I know. I'm not saying it was good because of him, but I, we have to admit that he was good in that. Okay. 
I like that. Okay, that's a very no. That's a very non-answer. Anyone else could have done that role. Whatever. I like this. I like that performance. Anyway, I like the movie. I don't think he was anything special. I'm not saying he's special. I'm just saying that there is. We were just making conversation about about him and how yeah. he does great performances. I didn't say great performance. I said like he. I I said he's been doing. He's done great. Perf- not sorry. Good performances in like the past ten years. Uh-huh. Back then, it was like, why is this dude in Hollywood? You know. Uh, yeah. He obviously he had a good age. Well, actually, you know what? You love him, the accountant. Just admit it. No, he, he, he I did. just rolled my eyes. No, <laughs> he 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 played that character on the spectrum so well. I feel like he's only like in things mm-hmm. because he's friends with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> you mean Matt Damon? Matt Damon too. Jeez, I think uh, they all hang out. He's known for he's known for associating with Matt Damon, not so much Leonardo DiCaprio. That's Tobey Maguire. No, but they they didn't they all act in something when they were younger. No. No. Maybe I did get him confused with Matt Damon. <sighs> Anyway, so, 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 would you say that Ben Affleck is 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 the your favorite performance, or, or is it anything of his performance in the Tinder Bar that you enjoyed? Like, like it? You like him in this movie? Um, I think he's better than mediocre in this movie. Okay, like he's he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. The reason why I like him is because this character could so easily have been written like, um. Like the fun guy who like has no responsibility and he's just a fuck up and blah yeah, the blah. Fun uncle, yeah. And he actually has like a heart, and you could tell like his facial expression changes made me believe his character. Mm-hmm. Like he was actually acting. I feel that uh, I feel given his his life experience, you know, dealing with alcoholism and you know fame and stuff like that i think that kind of had to do with him kind of really i don't say being humble but really trying to like i think he was trying i think he was pulling something from his life experience to like into this role probably and he was probably like i really want to actually act and not Mm -hmm. you know be focused on the bullshit i was going through recently yeah yeah absolutely um i have not checked out the way back that's that is a movie where he plays a former alcoholic um and from what i heard like his performance is like outstanding and he's like he is like the main focus of the movie we should watch that one the way back Mm -hmm. no because you're gonna hate it anyway i hate everything (laughs) and everyone (laughs) but you like the tender bar no (laughs) you're changing your you're changing your mind now well, even if I say like something, I actually hate it. So it's not that I changed my mind. Mm. You just don't understand my language. Oh, okay. Which means you liked it. No. <laughs> I have no idea what you're going at. <laughs> yes, I liked it. Okay. <laughs> what about uh, what's that? What's that kid's name? Uh, the kid or the one who played the adult? Daniel Raina. Rainieri. Yeah. What did you think of him? He was all right. I didn't really like mind his performance. It wasn't. I will admit, it wasn't anything special. Um, I think. I I I will admit that like his, him and Affleck's chemistry, mm-hmm. like their performance. I think they were. I think they were great together. Yeah. I felt like whenever they were like doing a scene together, and it was a lot of them in together. Other times, it's like he's by himself, 
but like very few and far between. Mm-hmm. But whenever he's like sharing a scene with Affleck, I think that's when like the movie's like, oh, this is a very like coming of age story. How like this kid is gonna like learn from his uncle and stuff like that. Well, him and Lily Rabe also were really great together. Mm-hmm. I like them even more. The oh, the mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you were stoked to see Christopher Lloyd. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm surprised he's not dead. He looks like he should have died like 15 years ago. I know. Ago, he but... look, he's, looked, he's looked 75 since like the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he in, um, no, never mind. What? Ask. I'll probably know the answer. Was it like Bionic something? The Bionic Man or something? No, the, the show The Bionic Man? I mean, The Six Million Dollar Man? No, there was a movie that came out. Bicentennial? Oh, yeah, that one. With Robin Williams? Yeah. Uh, Let's find out. He was most definitely... God, that movie... That's what, early 2000s? Yeah. That's so long ago. (laughs) Wow, he's been a lot of stuff and a lot of, like, shit. But not good stuff. Oh, yeah, he was in Tremors, the series. (gasps) I forgot he was in that show. (laughs) I think we're looking and probably the answer is no. I would pro- I would have to say that's a capital new. No. He yeah. was in the Page Master. Uh-huh. I figure you might have watched that. Every child has watched that. Yeah, but it was animated, so I didn't know. <sighs> Jesus Christ. What? Did you know he was in Back to the Future? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I met him. Okay, so so what did you what did you like of, of Christopher Lloyd's performance? Um <laughs> He's an asshole in the in the in yeah. He's a lovable asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I can only like him. I like him. Like he's just like if you're gonna think about a grandpa, mm-hmm. like they don't necessarily bake cookies like a grandma would, but they might take you fishing. Mm-hmm. They might like tell you stories and fall asleep in the middle of the story you know mm-hmm. were you thinking of sam neil in Bice- the bicentennial man no okay <laughs> no. i i know i'm just in my mind remembering part of a trailer and he was wearing a hawaiian shirt oh okay that yeah that that narrows it down <laughs> <laughs> were you back to the future because no. he wears a hawaiian shirt in the fucking movie no. <laughs> yeah christopher lloyd was not in bicep Tandy. <laughs> i mean i know this is like a tangent but i love it when you're like he was in this no he wasn't are you sure yes <laughs> anyway yeah so he plays the a- <clears throat> he plays the asshole uncle no grandpa oh yeah sorry grandpa mm-hmm um, but you get a sense that he's not like the grandpa that I just said, mm-hmm. you know, with the fishing and telling stories. Yeah. But he loves everyone just the same. Yeah. The the thing that like, it, it's, it's funny because like some of these like coming of age stories, you always get like, it's, it's weird. Like, well, it's not that it's weird. I, there, there's kind of like a trope with these coming of age stories. Like, you're just expecting like a really, really shitty, shitty, super shitty moment in this movie. And you really don't have that. Like, like 
like you expect like somebody to die like out of nowhere mm-hmm. right and it's supposed to be like this very heartfelt moment or something like that but like the movie is just kind of like i guess the best way i can describe it the, the movie's kind of like a warm blanket like you can kind of sit there and be comfortable and watch it and and at the end you'll be like oh, i feel good yeah and also what i like about it is it doesn't make me cry okay because usually i stay away from like feel good movies because they always want to make you cry yeah, because they want to make you happy. Like no, they always joy. make me sad. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> just stay <laughs> with not feel good. <laughs> not for you, no. <laughs> just stay with like super depressing stuff. You're like, hey, I like this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, please. <laughs> okay, what is um? So yeah, like I, I think I, I, I agree with you, Christopher Lloyd. Like I, if. if I always enjoy seeing Christopher Lloyd. Like, he doesn't really act in a whole lot of stuff now. Like, he kind of, like, pops up here and there. But it's, you never see, like, a Christopher Lloyd-led movie. I don't think you've really seen a Christopher Lloyd-led movie um, in his career. But you you always recognize him. Not mm-hmm. only because he's Doc Brown, because he just has such, um, like, kind of a charismatic personality mm-hmm. um, whenever he, like, shows up. You would love Christopher Lloyd in uh, Taxi. I know what happened to him. What? In Back to the Future. What happened to him in Back to the Future? <laughs> He's a doctor. Okay. And you know how fucking crazy he is. Go on. Let me hear this theory. I think I know where you're going, but go on. <laughs> Prove me wrong. He was in another Spider-Man universe. He was in another Spider-Man universe? Yeah, and he, he became a villain, and then they saved him. Wait, what? Exactly. Oh yeah, but you like I don't understand. You that. know how like all the doc, all the fucking doctors, mm-hmm. they went crazy. Yeah, but why are you talking about the Spider-Man universe? Because Spider-Man has all the doctors. Oh, I thought you were going the Doctor Who route. I would have went with that because he time travels, and no. he's crazy. What recently came out? <laughs> That's why. Well, Doctor Who, you know, Flux came out. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> Way to kill it. I didn't kill it. You did. You just sprained yourself stretching that sucker. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's just let's go way the fuck off. What would be his villain in this in the Spider Verse? What would be Doc's villain? Yeah. What would be Doctor Brown? The villain. I know, but what? Like, there's Doc. Okay. There's a Doc Ock. Okay. Uh. And there's like the gob this green goblin who's something of a scientist himself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But he has a theme. Uh-huh. You know, of some some sort. There's the guy, uh uh what's his name? Uh the lizard mm-hmm. whose name is escaping me right now. Kurt Connors. Okay. Uh huh. He's a doctor. Yeah. Something of a scientist himself as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would be Christopher Lloyd's? Oh, what would villain? be his name? What would be his villain? What would what would be his his niche niche? Or niche or whatever it is. Um I kind of feel like he would use time travel. Okay. Maybe he would use some type of time travel gun. Some like, maybe he makes something like age, like really fast. Till it turned to dust. Yeah. But like, but like he never like fully goes like to turn it to dust. He just wants to weaken the person. Right. Uh But then like. And then just run up to him and punch him. Yeah. Or like run away. Right. (laughs) But that person doesn't stay old forever. He just like, that person's like, and then like they're like oh i got my youth back you know and his villain name could be doc talk like tiktok 
You know, <laughs> any other time I'd be like, that's stupid. But you know what? That's actually pretty clever. <laughs> it's Doc Talk. <laughs> All you hear is like the sound of like a clock ticking. Like, yeah. Peter Pan shows up. I know. Peter Pan, wait, Peter Pan played Captain Hook. Captain Hook. Well, he played Hook. He played Robin Williams. Sorry, he played Robin Williams. He played as Peter Pan, and Robin Williams was in Bicentennial Man, which the movie you thought Dog Brown was in. Way to come full circle. Really meta. I know, right? I know. So anyway, the directing of Tender Bar. I didn't like it. (laughs) Not a fan of, of George Clooney's directing this time around. Me either. Um, he does like these weird, like, like, like Kelsey had alluded to earlier. He does like these weird edits mm-hmm. or like these smash cuts. Like the music, like real, it's like, it's not swelling, but the music's kind of like in this kind of like good flowing motion. And then bam, just like stops. Like, I don't know if it just stops. I actually don't hate his directing. I just think there were problems. Yeah. I'm not saying I hate it. I, it just, it some, it's like. Like, there there are times where, like, you can watch a movie and be like, oh, that direction's kind of spotty. I don't know why they did that or whatever. But this thing was like, okay, cool. We have, like, I'm enjoying the movie. I'm enjoying these scenes. And then out of nowhere, there's, like... A scene change. A scene change or, like, a extreme close-up. Like, when a character walks in, like... It's like someone switched a channel. Yeah, In right? the middle of a scene. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, like, very, it's very, like, jolting. Like, whoa, like, what? why did you do that? It didn't, like, add anything to the scene. It wasn't, like, a... <gasps> Oh my god! Like a dramatic, like oh my god, he's in here and he's gonna say I got you pregnant or some shit like that. Like no, <laughs> just like someone walks in. Hey, this is me, and then bam. Okay, why did we do that? Yeah, he does that several times. He does. Very annoying. He should stick to vodka making. He sold that. I know. He shouldn't have. He should have just stuck to it. I think he's doing coffee now. No. Oh. Think he's Maybe coffee. I can be friends with him, and when he sells the company, mm-hmm. he'll give me a million dollars. Okay. Like he did to his friends with the vodka company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know what you do on this podcast. You better get to it. <laughs> he wouldn't be friends with me if he if he knew that I just wanted a million dollars out of him. Shh. I'll take this out of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <a> little secret. <laughs> All right. You want to hop into the um, spoiler section? Yes. All right. So we're going to talk about the tender bar. In great lengths in the spoiler section. And if you don't want to be spoiled, here's a spoiler bumper right about now. Hola. I have a spoiler for you. Okay. okay. Can I put it on my car? Christopher Lloyd. Uh-huh. It was related to Christopher Walken. Oh, shit. I just thought of a movie with him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Christopher Lloyd and Christopher Walken, right? Old bank robbers in a retirement home. Okay? They realize they stole something and buried it. Okay? <laughs> Um, they found out that it has a lot of money behind it. Okay? Mm. So they have to try to remember where they buried it. And then they have to get back into the robbing game. 
I have a better one. Okay. Christopher Walken is a really fucking old Spider Man. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is a really fucking old Spider Man villain called Doc Talk. Mm hmm. <laughs> Retirement age. Look, I'm trying to make million dollar movies. And I'm trying to make two million dollar movies. <laughs> and you're here making TikTok videos. <laughs> no, I'm making Doc Talk. You're making Doc Talk. Yeah. You should go call Marvel. Call Sony. Sony will make that into a fucking movie. Yeah, sure. Why not? Is that a Spider-Man villain? We don't know. Put it in there. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, anything in particular this movie that you liked or didn't like? I liked the realism of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really couldn't get behind the kid. Mm-hmm. The Daniel Ranieri yeah. actor. Mm-hmm. He... He was good when he was acting with people, I guess, but like, I don't know. I think I'm more like Ty Sheridan, mm-hmm. um, in what he was sort of going through. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that kind of bothered me about him is he never really acknowledged that his uncle was his father figure. I think that would have made it. T- I. I, I think that's, that's that's something that didn't need to be said. No, it didn't need to be said, but you could tell like it went over his head too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that like, makes sense. Like he yeah. could have accepted it without like saying it, but mm-hmm. mostly like every time it was brought up, they're like, "Oh, you know, you have daddy issues," and, and he couldn't figure out why he didn't have daddy issues. Mm. You know what I mean? I get you. Yeah, yeah. For a kid who's like really smart, he was really kind of. Kind of, well, he was dumb because yeah, of that fucking re- girl, too. Yeah, that girl. I <laughs> to tell you, I didn't really mind that part with him and the girl, uh, Brianna Middleton. I just didn't mind her, like how she was kind of treating him. Um, that part, I think the part was actually pretty funny when he was like swearing on, like swearing him down. He was not going to be with her again, and then like cut to he's like in bed with her and shit like that or like she's or like clearly they just got done having sex and he's like come on like what's going on you know you and me be together blah blah blah. and she goes like no 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 i take that back he he has this very mentality of like it's cool it's like whatever we're doing our thing i don't give a shit you know Mm -hmm. you're helping me get laid and then when she's like i'm with somebody he's like what the fuck you know i kind of thought that was funny um so it, it hit her the, that whole thing was actually wasn't too bad for me. I thought because you get a sense that it stretched over a period of years mm-hmm. that it went on too long. Yeah. Like he loved her way too much. Yeah. And she hurt him or like he let her hurt him mm-hmm. way too much. Mm. And he read way too much into it mm. and like wouldn't let it go and if he would have put that amount of energy into his fucking writing he probably would have done better it did, I, I, don't, I also think that it was kind of too like fast like um because like you like follow him like it's doing like this back and forth with him as a kid and then him as an adult and stuff like that and then you're like him as an adult and then he's like in college, but he's like in college for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of like, all right, like that's it. Well, he's only in college to meet the girl, basically. Yeah, but like he graduated and I don't know. I kind of wanted to get more of his college experience. You know how like because he's he's like 
he's like supposed to be like this great writer or mm-hmm. he's going to become like this great writer this really talented writer but like the only thing i see growing with that character is that he just becomes more he just becomes more of a uh not of a humble person but a more of just a kinder person mm-hmm. as opposed of like well why like why does he become like this good writer why does he eventually work for like the la times and stuff like that why is why does um i forgot i think like Paul McCartney wanted him to do like his memoir or something like that. I was like looking up the guy's history. Mm-hmm. I kind of would be like, well, what like what 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 was about that guy? Okay, here we go. What about that guy warranted this movie? Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. And I feel like I didn't get a whole lot of that. Yeah, it was like a story about a regular Joe. Yeah, which I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of it was kind of annoying. Yeah, I and you know what? Like now the dad stuff was kind of annoying. That dad stuff was like, <sighs> that shit was annoying. Um, I kind of chuckled at the fact that uh, when he's a kid, his dad picks him up and his dad like drives him around the block <laughs> and they like, draw some of them. Just like, that's such a, that's such a shitty dad thing. Yeah. That's so funny. It- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that whole dad thing was annoying too. Yeah. And I know it was like, it was there to like. I don't know, to kind of make him realize that he's not his dad. But it seemed like he already realized he wasn't his dad like a long time ago. Yeah, like he was just like, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they even like kind of were touching up on this whole like identity crisis thing. Mm-hmm. And I know they like they were playing it for laughs. Um, like how uh, Ben Affleck's character is just like almost like out. He's like kind of, I don't say kind of, he like outsmarted the therapist. Like, oh, this is why you want him to be here and this and that and everything. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, there is still like a level of truth behind it. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that his the fact that his he's his his name is Junior, but he was like just call me Jr. Yeah. And I was kind of like, let's kind of like get into that that whole Jr. thing. Yeah. And like they they were just like, oh, his name's Jr. That's it. Oh yeah, if, let's not forget he has a shitty dad. How shitty? Or he shouldn't even be called Junior. Like, what's wrong with his actual fucking name? Oh, like just John. Yeah, like John Moringer is a strong writer's name, mm-hmm. and you don't have to put a junior behind it if you don't want to be your father's son. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then like now I think about it, let me see. I'm, I'm looking up the dude's info. Um, I could have swore I saw somewhere that's. Oh, now I remember. Here it is. Uh, Prince Harry. Prince Harry chose, there we go, chose J.R., which is, how you say his, his last Moringer. name? Moringer. to co-write the autobiography. So, obviously, and the fact that he was, like, a Pulitzer Prize winning um, feature, uh, he won a Pulitzer Prize in feature writing in 1998 and received a Pulitzer in 2000. Um, I would actually be curious to f- see what, like, to follow this dude's life mm-hmm. as he's becoming a writer, like, a well-known writer. I'm more curious Maybe about Maybe there's that. more to the book. Um, Maybe you gotta read the book to find out. Let me see. It. it I, I'm trying to see if it, if it mainly just. I think it mainly just follows his his life as a kid. Um, hmm. which you know, like I said, it's like a warm blanket, but it's just like a warm blanket. Like you put it on and you throw it off. That's it. <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to add on to this? No. Okay. I think Ben Affleck. No, just Ben Affleck was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Second favorite was probably Lily Rabe. Oh, the mother. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? We haven't talked about what's his name. Ty Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm not a huge fan of this kid's 
acting. What? For a second, I thought you were going to say face. <laughs> that too? His face looks weird in this movie. Um, but he, he kind of started growing on me as the movie like progressed. I was like, all right, I, I kind of like this kid. But at the same time, I kind of didn't really care too much about him. Same. I felt good about him. Mm. But also, he was serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. Like he wasn't bad and he was believable, but he was also... Maybe just the story was kind of boring, so he was boring. I could have swore. Look, I, someone, someone's kept popping up, and I wanted to see. But I, but you oh. know, I do actually like the movie. I, I wouldn't watch it again, but mm. that's it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Goodbye. It's like, hey, we got it. We watched it. Yeah, we're done. Dee Dee. Actually, that kind of breaks my heart because George Clooney's actually. Let me let me look at his work. He's. He's actually a, de- a decent director. Granted, he hasn't done a whole lot in his career. Um, I think because I keep going back to um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which is brilliant fucking film. Um, so I, I guess I was kind of like looking at this like, oh, it's a George Clooney directed film. It, sh- it shouldn't be too bad or it might be decent. Well, it was decent. Yeah, but... But it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I know, right? Um, I think he did that movie, Descendants, was actually... Let me find his... You know what? I, I get hmm. a sense that George Clooney was maybe leaning on Ben Affleck being a good actor. Too much. You know how like some directors will be like, okay, this movie's going to speak for itself because you're the star of the fucking movie. We don't have mm-hmm. to do a lot of editing. Mm, yeah yeah and then he didn't fucking edit right <laughs> all right so so i'm actually kind of i'm gonna have to walk that statement back confessions of a dangerous mind is first film right i still love that film to this day great film right uh good night and good luck that's another great film however he did leatherheads which is garbage eyes of march no one talks about monument <laughs> monument monuments men which is supposed to be like this star like led film like all these great actors stuff like that C- garbage uh Suburbicon, a suburbic suburbicon, not that good. Oh, Midnight Sky was really bad too. Fuck. All right, take that back. He's just a shitty director. He's just a shitty director. He's just he like I don't know. He he. You can tell that directing is not. He doesn't think a whole lot when it comes to directing. Mm. As more of like, oh, I just want to tell a story. No, give us a reason to watch this movie other than it interests you. Yeah. Which I felt like that's that was the case in this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I-, I agree. Anything else? No. All right, what do we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. All right, so we've got a few things to tell you to try. And, like, maybe something that's like, no. Or kind of maybe. Kind of maybe. Um, all right, you want to you wanna lead it? Yeah. Um, Mark and I have been checking out Peacemaker on HBO Max. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For those of you who just hate DC the way I do. Mm-hmm. I don't hate DC. I just don't like what Warner Brothers is doing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the James Gunn-led... Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Did actually a good job. Yeah, that was a 
that was a great movie. It, it kind of bombed at the box office. I yeah. mean, given what's going on in the world and everything. Mm. Um, plus, I don't think people really trusted that it was going to be good. Yeah, because uh, David Ayer's Suicide Squad was the hottest of garbage. Mm-hmm. So, um, you meet a character Peacemaker in that mm. movie, and they decided to make a series about Peacemaker with mm. his companion and cohort, mm. Eagly. <laughs> Let me, so let me ask you this. Okay. You watch, we watched the Suicide Squad. Uh-huh. I remember you and I enjoyed, enjoyed it a lot. Uh-huh. I think me more so because I was just like rewatching that movie so many times, right? Mm-hmm. Would you have thunk that they were going to do a Peacemaker TV show no. starring John Cena? No. I, 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 I remember hearing news about that. Like before, before the Suicide Squad was green, um, before it was released. There was already talks of like they're gonna do a peacemaker show. I'm like, what the fuck are you serious? Who the fuck is peacemaker? Like, I get that <laughs> <Yeah>. whole thing. <laughs> but then we watched it yeah. and we're like, how? <laughs> I because it's James Gunn. He is a fucking good director. Yeah, like straight up. Um, I love peacemaker. I I never thought. Hold on, okay, you're gonna hear me say something that I thought I would never say. It's gotten to the point now where a DC show is now an appointment television for me. When it comes out, because it comes out every Thursday. When it comes out, I'm like, yes, Peacemaker's out. Woo! I wish it was the other thing we're going to be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it's really worth watching the the theme. Oh, the, the opening credits? Yeah. Uh, no lie. Every time, every time I watch the show, I watch the opening credits. It's so... Like, awkward? It's, it's so... But it, it like... It and le- fun. It leans into, like, just campiness in comic books like this show is ridiculous don't take it serious please and then boom like they go and then like they do that shit yeah um i do like the small jabs that uh peacemaker does and this goes into like james gunn's writing the small jabs he does to like certain dc characters Mm -hmm. like there's there's a rant for like five minutes of why batman is full of shit (laughs) yeah i like that (laughs) yeah I, i read somewhere that like that WB was giving James Gunn shit for writing that. And he was just like, all right, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> God forbid you make fun of yourself. I know, right? Um, what do you have anything? What, what else do you want to add on to the uh, Peacemaker uh, hot top? Um, it's kind of um, anxiety inducing at, at times. Really? For me, it is because, like, he gets into some shit, and I'm like, oh, fuck, and he's mm-hmm. stupid as hell. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I feel like I'm in the room with him, and I just want to leave because I'm going to kill him. Oh, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, Well, you can't you can't kill somebody you can't see. That's just how I know. How do they make a show with, you know, someone they can't see as the star of it? I know. Uh, yeah, they keep saying John Cena, but I don't, I don't see it. You know what that 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 will be that will be on his tombstone. Here lies John Cena. Can you see him? That's gonna be on his tombstone. <laughs> Probably not, because everyone's usually buried, but okay. That's true. They would have to have like a window coffin. Well and they would need the body first, because they're not gonna see the body. They're gonna be like, Where I guess he's dead. <laughs> it's like, what well, I'm not. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, one more thing. I got to add the guy, Freddy Stroma, who plays uh, Vigilante. Uh-huh. 
He's dreamy. One, I was like, when I was watching the show, I was like, okay, this guy, I like this guy. He's like kind of funny. I really, I really vibe like his personality and stuff. And then like in episode four, I think it's episode four. Um, there's a prison scene. <sighs> Yo, that dude's invited to the cookout. Like straight <laughs> up. I'm like, oh yes. I honestly thought it was going to be longer. I wish it was longer. Yeah. But that's that scene at the, in that episode with the, the prison scene. Yes. I loved it beautiful give me more Put plus, shit plus the way they write the character without giving it away mm. you don't know he has all that inside of him until that moment oh i know right yeah yeah <laughs> that dude's do it like he's kicking ass and shit i'm like that dude's fucking deadly holy shit <laughs> well the personality part too mm-hmm. like he what he was saying because he says a dork yeah all right next mm-hmm Euphoria season two. Did you watch last week's episode yet? I, I'm behind. I've only watched the first episode. I haven't been able to watch uh, the what they're on what episode next week's episode four, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard about what's what's going on or kind of hidden, like heard hints of what's going on. I know, I know, I'm missing out. I'm missing out on some like good shit. Yeah, you are. I'm. I miss. I Ozark's on. Ozark does not trump Euphoria. I know, right? That should be a hmm. a review right there for anyone who Ozark loves. doesn't trump. Yeah, you're right. I think I think because this is like Ozark's final season, and it's like it's all there. So I'm just like, all right, let me just watch all these episodes. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry, gone. All right, so okay, okay. I, all I'm gonna put in is that I really enjoy Euphor- Euphoria. Uh, this is the premiere of Euphoria season two. Okay, that's all I can add to it. And you like what happens at the end of that, season, oh. that episode. Chef's kid. Let's just say, let's just say somebody gets fucked up so hard. It, it it was so beautiful. Kelsey and I are watching it together, and I'm yelling at the TV. Get him! Get him! Do it! <laughs> Loved it. Fucking chef's kiss. All right, go on. Um... You get to a point with these characters that you mm. kind of like, you know who you like and you know who you don't like, mm-hmm. and then some choices are made, and you're like, fuck, what are you doing? Now I don't like you. Oh, like, really? Yeah. And so, um, it's, the writing is still good. There's something in it. Like, I've watched the first three episodes already or four episodes, whatever's out. Mm-hmm. And they, they have something in every episode where you're like, what the fuck? Oh, really? Every episode. Okay. But they're starting to follow some similar, like, high school tropes that you're like, all right, like, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of over, but I'm still going to watch the fucking show because it's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, um, judging from judging from like these four episodes and i feel like this might be an unfair judgment but i just kind of want to get your take on it now um is is this so far is this season uh so far better than the first one or are you still kind of like on the fence of like which season is better i'm not i couldn't pick Mm. because the first season was a lot of like character building Mm -hmm. now you know who the characters are Mm -hmm. um so you're not doing as much character building. So now you can kind of keep up with what they're doing, I feel like. So it's more just like a story of like, these are what everybody's going through now. Yeah. Okay. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I heard like every episode, it's, I don't, I don't, I, I don't remember, I, I don't remember this in the 
Euphoria season one, obviously, I watched so much stuff and read so much stuff. It just goes into one part of my brain and out the other. Um, this season, every episode's starting with like like the character backstory, right? Like this is where they come from and all that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, they did that in the first season too. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. I would yeah, because I remember in the in the first season they they talk about one particular character, which I was really fascinated to hear his backstory, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad they did it for, for like the first episode of the season too, because because it was like oh this is like the character. All right, I'm totally like with yeah, this they guy. do that, and mm-hmm. then um, the other thing that I really enjoy is. Rue will always, like, in the first... It's not a spoiler, but in the first season, she was always telling you what she knew and what she didn't know at the time. Mm. And she's doing that now. Okay. So I like that, too. She'll still doing her narration. Because I remember she did that at the season... I Like, because it's, it's kind of funny. I'm... Like, because season one was, like, so good. Um, and it was such, like, a hard look of, like, teenage angst in, like, this current generation and, like, life and shit like that. Mm. I feel like that first season was like, okay, we got to do like this shocking shit to like bring you in to make you want to stick with this show. And I feel like second season, it's it, like they'll still have shocking stuff, but I'm I'm hoping it's not as shocking as constant. Like it's doing it just to kind of as a ploy and more of like, well, what can we say about the, these characters? Well, in this I haven't story? gotten so far. I like I know what you're saying because that thought crossed my mind, too, mm-hmm. but only as a relief mm. because... It is shocking, but it, it's not like it's the same character over and over again. Mm, okay. Like in Prison Break, right? Where yeah. you're just like, I'm getting tired of this shit. Yeah. Are they going to get out of jail? Yes or no? Oh, they're back in a different jail. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a different character that you're like, oh, shit with, like, some of the time. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So you're just like, all right, like, like, I really can't wait for you to catch up because I'm at a point right now where I'm like, fuck i can't believe he <laughs> talked to him like that okay yeah i gotta i, I gotta i gotta get get back on board um also fez the, is like one of my favorite characters which one was fez again the drug dealer oh yeah he's fez. such a good guy but I also fucked up I love fez, but man. loyal very i love fez um all right so i've been watching this show uh on netflix uh called archive 81 um i actually started watching this because my kid's mom had brought it to my attention and granted she'll like tell me like oh did you watch this and i'm like no i didn't and it kind of just like you know i just kind of forget it but like something about it kept reminding like the title i was like what the fuck is archive 81 why does it sound so fucking familiar familiar and i remember this was originally a podcast in 2016 i think it went to 2018 or something like that Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i and i remember checking listening to it like a few episodes, but then I fell off because I wasn't I wasn't getting and I didn't really like um, like I love story driven podcasts like like uh, audio play podcasts and stuff like that. More really, like Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, I'll I'll, I'll 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 bring that up because that actually kind of plays a part in this. Oh, um, but like I kind of like stuff like that, but it's it depends on the story if it it's if it's gonna keep me going, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Archive 81, what uh, the plot is, an archivist, um, archivist hired to restore a collection of tapes finds himself uh, reconstructing the work of a filmmaker and her investigation into a dangerous cult. Um, so it's, it's weird. I, I, this dude, uh, the actor's name is uh, Mamondu Eddie. He plays Dan Turner. He's a black kid, right? 
I'm not gonna lie, the way how he carries himself and like talks about film, I'm like, holy shit, did I did they just make a movie about me? Like, holy <laughs> fuck. And I'm actually kind of jealous because like his job is like restoring like uh, restoring video, like oh, okay. like like, like how, vinegar syndrome. Like, exactly right. I'm like that dude has he has my job. I want that job. You know? Yeah. What the fuck? He stole my job. I, I want it back. I know, right? <laughs> but like he comes across this tape, like this. He comes across this tape that's like very questionable. It's really weird. Like what's? It's like um, like those found footage films where like you're you're watching something you're like what the fuck happened to like this person oh my god there's monsters and everything mm-hmm. and this dude like hires him and says like hey you found this tape it was kind of uh, it was a test i want you to restore other tapes like this uh, i'll pay you like a hundred thousand dollars for your time mm-hmm. and the guy's like okay but he starts he starts seeing like weird shit in the video weird audio and stuff like that um there's like a cult involved like a demonic cult and all that kind of stuff the reason why I bring up the Nightville thing is because he has a friend who does a like when they introduce this character, he's doing like a live show of his podcast, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's called like Mystery Station. Mm-hmm. And the thing how he talked, like the way how he talks and talk about story, I'm like, holy shit, that's like a straight up Nightville. Like they straight up did Nightville, mm-hmm. like right there. Um, I'm about three episodes in. I think it's like a, I think it's like an eight episode series, mm-hmm. maybe nine. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm going back between this and like Ozark. Um, but this one is, is just enough mystery to keep you like going of like, what's going to happen now? What's the story? Why is there's like, this is that and everything. Gotcha. So it's, it's good. I'm, I'm digging it. I'm totally digging it. Nice. Uh, all right. So for the, not that, or what I put down big fucking maybe, <laughs> Is the book of Boba Fett. Womp womp. I know. I was really looking forward to this show. Uh, especially after like the Mandalorian and what happened with that. Mm-hmm. This show is, I'm not expecting like action packed, but it's so fucking slow as shit. We were talking about a warm blanket. Yeah. Uh, this one's a wet blanket. It's a very fucking wet blanket. Like, and that's the thing, I like I'm not one of those people who are like, Boba Fett should be like blessed people left and right, blah 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 all that kind of stuff, right? But you expect him to be like a certain level of badass. Yeah, like you expect some reason to like not fuck with this character. Especially like how they brought him back in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. You're like, holy shit. Okay, so clearly he's he is the badass that we that Star Wars fans thinks he is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but like, and I know what they're trying to do with this, and I, I that's why I'm sticking with the show. Like, it's holding on by like a thread. They're trying to build up like the seedy underworld of like the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. with like, uh, like mobs and gangs and like, like the, in the cantinas and shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's like the group called like the Pike Syndicate and stuff like that, which is obviously like a crime, a crime organization, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that is like. I've always wanted them to explore that within the Star Wars universe. And they're doing it with here, but they're making it so boring. <laughs> if they were going to do that, they should have turned it into a fucking procedural, which is something Star Wars has not done mm-hmm. and probably could do it with their flair very well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what what Another thing that's kind of making me stay on is um, Ming-Na Wen's character. Yeah. Finnick. Her character is badass. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's like that person. She's not always 
flip-flopping all over the place. But when she, like, kicks ass, she fucking kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Um... I, I, I what, 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 what else? What's, what is, what's your take on this? Like, you have it's boring. It's boring. It's just boring. Also, he's looking for something that mm-hmm. I don't like. That he's looking for it since we already know what happened to it. Mm-hmm. Bothers me. You told him in the flashbacks, or um, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it bothers me. You're yeah. wasting my time. Yeah. Because I, even though he doesn't know where it is, I fucking know where it is. Yeah, exactly. So don't waste my time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, they, they introduced the... No, I actually don't want to say it because that's spoiling it. Um, they, like, I, like, one thing the show was doing, especially, like, what, what episode are they on? I think they're on episode four? Four or five. Um, they were doing, like, a lot of, like, flashbacks. But to me, I feel like they were they were doing too many flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like for example, like they they have it's f- like at least half an half an episode usually. Yeah, you know what they could have done? They could have just crammed that flashback into one single episode, and just been like, "All right, let's move the story forward now." But honestly, it sucks because the flashbacks mm-hmm. are a better part of the story than present time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we're because that's the thing. That's like an exploration of the character. Why is he changed? Why is he not like this daily bounty hunter like he used to be and stuff like that? Like that stuff is interesting. Mm-hmm. But when it keeps coming in the present, it, like he literally goes from one spot, gets attacked, doesn't really do a whole lot, and then goes to another spot, and then goes to another spot. But then he ends attacked. up back in another spot that he was already in. Yeah. And he's there for like five minutes and he leaves again. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I read that um, the star uh, Tamara Morrison, the guy who plays Boba Fett, that whenever, because this is this is John Favreau's show. He created this show, right? Mm-hmm. Happy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whenever John Favreau would like leave the set, he would like try to have less dialogue. Really? Yeah. To like, I don't know, to kind of like bring more oomph into it or something like that. Because sometimes even the dialogue is kind of stilted. Like it doesn't really go anywhere no it doesn't yeah um what else oh yeah so yeah this this is the show that i as i alluded to earlier this is the show that i'm like i thought this would be appointment television and to me it's not i'm just like like whenever the mandalorian came out uh, yeah whenever the mandalorian came out i was i was just like covering my ears like la 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 no one tell me anything i gotta watch it right Boba Fett came out with episode four. I waited until like the weekend because I was like, I, I really don't care what's going to happen. Yeah, I watch it when I've run out of other things to watch. <laughs> you mean you run out of them? <laughs> you run out of the uh, the VHS 80s nostalgia documentary. You're like, oh, I the guess VH1, I'll watch. one you mean? Yeah, I guess <laughs> I'll watch Boba Fett or something like that. <laughs> no, it's like I've watched Euphoria uh, and Peacemaker. Uh, like, All right, I guess I'll watch the book of Boba Fett. I, I thought you were going to go the other way. I thought you were going to go, I watched Euphoria, I watched Peacemaker, I watched the VH1 series, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I'll watch Boba Fett. And now we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of Sofia Coppola's the Virgin Suicides. I'm gonna ask you out. I've had a chance. 
Lux, please put your shit on this instant. Are you uh, an aviation enthusiast? I don't know if I'd call myself an enthusiast. But, uh... <laughs> Do you like to wrestle? <laughs> This film came out in 1999, and the synopsis is, A group of male friends becomes obsessed with five mysterious sisters who are sheltered by their strict religious parents in suburban Detroit in the mid-1970s. Directed and written by Sofia Coppola, also written by Jeffrey... something? Um... (laughs) It stars James Woods, Kathleen Turner, Kirsten Dunst, Josh Hartnett, uh, Michael Paré, Danny DeVito's in it. Mm-hmm. Scott Glenn is it? Fucking Stick from Daredevil. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So the Virgin Suicides. Uh. I almost every one of my um female friends around high school would not shut up about this movie right mm-hmm. I, I hung out with a lot of emo a lot of goth girls punk girls and stuff like that um and they would just kept talking about this movie i wasn't too much in, interested in it. I, obviously i wasn't the target audience for this film mm-hmm. um and i had yet to like let me see this was oh see this was sofia coppola's uh, feature debut. The only thing of Sofia Coppola I knew was like, oh, that's Francis Ford Coppola's daughter, and wasn't she in The Godfather Three? Um, but I, I finally, I finally checked it out uh, <clears throat> years out of, uh, after high school when I was dating this girl. And she was like, "You gotta watch this movie." All right, fine, watch it. Right, and I remember enjoying it. I actually really remember enjoying the fuck out of this movie. I love the poetic nature of it. The soundtrack is fucking awesome, mm-hmm. which is done by Air. Um, but you know, none of that shit matters because you know, what matters most is what does Kelsey think about it? I love this movie. Do you? Mm-hmm. You know what? I knew you would. <laughs> it's one of the only times I've seen Kirsten Dunst act and I didn't want to punch her in the face. Are you telling me that you didn't think her performance in Spider-Man was like perfect? No, her only good performance mm-hmm. was that cheerleading movie she was in. Oh, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, spirit fingers. <laughs> I know that clip. <laughs> so what what did you like about this movie? Um, I liked the subtle nature of how they wrote the the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, there is like, in particular, they kind of are always together. They're always like. You know, under the glass, basically, living in their house. Mm-hmm. So you don't really get their true nature because they can't really express themselves. Mm-hmm. There's one time when they get away and they're in the car. 
Yeah. And they're so gossipy and like really smart. You could tell that there's so much intelligence in like inside of them waiting to come out. Yeah. And they can't express any of it. Yeah, and it's and it's not like it's not like the parents that, you know, played by uh James Wood and Kathleen Turner. It's not like you know, they're they're ruling their their home with an iron fist or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like a like a level of like I guess I guess the term what a helicopter parent I guess the term um, it's just stifling yeah really yeah. depressing and stifling yeah yeah and you can't get away um, well not you but the girls you know what I mean yeah like and, and like I said I, I honestly I think even if I watched this if I did watch this when I was in high school when you know it's very immature and stuff like that I would probably would have been like oh this movie's stupid or like whatever and I think obviously I had to grow up to like really appreciate. Uh, what was before me, you know, especially um, the direction of Sofia Coppola, you know, mm-hmm. she she makes this movie almost like in this weird kind of it is weird kind of hi- not like hippie, but like in a like it's almost like in a daze, like almost like a dreamlike mm-hmm. way, you know, which I think it's it really helps with the narration, which is done by Giovanni Ribisi, that he like remembers these girls fondly and stuff like that. Like they were these girls that were in their house and they were like uh like these beautiful angels and shit like that mm-hmm. you know but really there was like something traumatic in them especially like when the beginning of the movie like their sister attempts suicide mm-hmm. um which is like that's like one way to start a movie yeah uh, like yeah someone tried to kill themselves all right we, that's yeah. not the worst thing <laughs> i know you set the tone of the movie <laughs> <Yep>. completely <laughs> um is there anybody that stuck out for you that was uh that was in in terms of performance um I actually really liked Hannah Hall, who played Cecilia. Mm-hmm. She stuck out for me because I know she wasn't in it like for most of the movie, mm-hmm. but because that was the sister that committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Like she was just so um, jaded. Yeah, and I kind of really liked how she played her. Um, so there's that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, she, she says that line, like there's a part where the doctor, um, after she's attempted suicide the first time, the doctor's like, like, what do you got to be sad about? Like the doc, the doc, the, the doctor is seeing her. He's like, what do you got to be sad about? Or what do you got to be depressed about? And he says like, doctor, clearly you've never been a 30, a 13 year old girl. Yeah. Which is like, fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Her and, um, surprisingly, Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. I really, like, a lot of it follows her. Mm-hmm. And I really like how she was vulnerable, but also really flirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like a, a weird juxtaposition of things that shouldn't go together that she made work really well. Yeah, she has, like, this level of, like, innocence, mm-hmm. but, like like it's it's weird it's like like maybe she's more considered like the ringleader of the girls mm-hmm. um but not like not like in a evil kind of like kind of way more like in a uh more like uh like hey like i know my sisters you know the best and stuff like that and um the level of innocence that she does have like the innocent flirty nature and stuff like that but she's not so easily uh like smitten by just anybody 
Yeah. You know, even like, even when like Josh Hartnett's character is like trying to spit game with her and she just like, no, <laughs> like I, I ain't feeling you like at all. Yeah. You know, um, which I think kind of leads into like maybe even like a level of manipulation, like a subtle low of like manipulation that she might have. I don't know. I, no. Yeah. I totally get that. From okay. Her. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure I was the only one. Um, but also I don't think her innocence is all that innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that scene where she ends up up out on the football field with Josh Hardner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like at the time, I was like, you know, you're gonna get your ass in trouble. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? It's so stupid. Now, like in retrospect, I'm like, she probably knew that was one of the only times she was ever gonna get laid because she was never gonna get out of that fucking yeah. house. I don't even think it was like a matter of just getting laid, of but of just being like a level of like freedom because her parents are so controlling. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah like she's like, I'm never gonna get any freedom. I'm never gonna get a chance to like. Mm-hmm. like no boys are gonna want to like be with me if they have to sit and watch tv with my mom and dad every night yeah who who totally are like 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 there's the, there's that part where she cl- like she clearly likes josh hartnett hartnett actually really likes her he even like approaches their dad played by james wood he's like i want to take your daughter out to the dance you know all that kind of stuff right like later on in the movie um but like when he comes over kathleen turner is like sit right between them yeah. Like, I've been in those situations where, like, I clearly like this particular girl, and the parent, like, one parent's like, nope, I'm going to sit here. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I get the protectionist, but that's a bit overprotecting. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm, it's not like they were going to fuck right there on the couch or some shit like that. I know. Um, so this was Sofia Coppola's uh, directorial debut. What did mm-hmm. you think of her direction? I thought it was pretty good. I liked what she did with like the speeding up of time sometimes or her use of music mm-hmm. um, or her slow motion too. Mm-hmm. I kind of had a little bit of issue with uh, the boys and like the narration because it was like, I like that the narration actually made it seem more culty, mm-hmm. but I didn't see a lot of use for the boys really. You know uh, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't, they didn't really add a whole lot. And I don't think, it was like they were a plot device. Okay. You know so, what I mean? And that, and that's the thing. I believe that is the point. Because you're supposed to, like, know, you're supposed to get to know these girls, but without exactly being around the girls all the time. Otherwise, it's, it's just the stories of the girls, right? I feel like the point of having the having those boys as the plot device is, like, you always know somebody who heard a story about somebody and you're just getting their perspective. Like for all we know, their perspective is completely wrong. What we saw is didn't even happen like that at all. I get that. But mm-hmm. I'm saying like the narration did a really great job of telling the story. Mm-hmm. We honestly spent so much time with the girls that I'd give two shits about the boys. Like mm-hmm. they didn't even really exist to me. I think that was the point. Okay. I like I, I like like oh, sorry. Are you saying it in more of a negative sense, or I, like when I, say, I think about the boys, I'm uh, just like, there's no point to them being in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I get that they should be pretty non-existent, mm-hmm. but not to the point of why the fuck am I watching them? Uh, okay, I got you. You know I what I mean? You. No, I get you. I get you. I like I I didn't see it like that. At, at I didn't see it like that at all. I saw it. I did see it as like 
there is a point of like like i say you're you were living that story vicariously to them and they're living that story vicariously through other stories or what they could see mm-hmm. or hear or whatever um but i thought it was like a create i think i think I think it was a good narrative device. Yeah, like the narration mm. is good. No, 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 the, no, no, the no, physical no, 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 not, not the narration. A narrative device, a way to tell the story, not oh. just the narration itself. That's like two different narration oh, oh. and narrative device, two different, two different things. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. <clears throat> this was obviously a Sofia Coppola written script. Mm-hmm. What did you think of her writing? I think she actually did a really great job of like mm-hmm. giving those girls voices and like making them heard and understood. Mm. Um, yeah, especially since this is like her first produced script. That's and she that's can, talent right there. And I think it's also like you need a voice, a strong female voice like that to like bring out the level of sarcasm that I think females like tend to. Uh, possess mm-hmm. um, so I like that I don't know I think she did a great job I really should get you to watch uh, Lost in Translation that's a really good Sofia Coppola film um, a lot of people a lot of people still talk about that movie like to this day yeah yeah. I, I know you were not a big fan of her because we reviewed it that movie On the Rocks mm-hmm. that was the one with uh, Rashida Jones and Bill Murray it was okay yeah um let me see what else i don't know i like i think i mean i think all in all i think the movie still holds up mm-hmm. um especially like from an artistic measure up to artistic viewpoint mm-hmm. i think it, this movie still holds up i think it's still obviously so relatable because um the way how there's this whole idea of like these girls that are like sheltered you know against their will they don't they like especially they're at an age of adolescence where like they're they're curious they want to start exploring things and it's kind of hard to do that when you're constantly being like stifled mm-hmm. by by the parent i know this i know right that's what i'm like i'm like I, that's the thing when when i had suggested watching this movie and you're like when you said all right i want to do this one i was like i already know she's gonna pick this and then two i was like i already know kelsey's gonna relate to this story because she she's because you, you've been you've been through that yeah like it sucks when you've been through that to the point where it follows you into your fucking marriage and you don't end up experiencing life until you're in your late 20s. Yeah. I and I think like I think if the girls if the girls didn't kill themselves, I think it would it would have been the same way. I think it would have continued until like in their 20s or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, they probably would have become alcoholics mm-hmm. or drug addicts or some shit. So with that being said, do you think do you think this movie holds up? Yes. Mhm. I think it really does. I'm going to throw you a curveball. Would you show this to your girls? Yeah, I would. Okay. They kind of already know, too, like, how I grew up. Mm-hmm. They don't know, like, every single detail. Mm-hmm. But I tell them constantly that even if I get annoyed at them, like, I don't ever want them to stop talking. Mm-hmm. Because they're important, even if I'm annoyed and I don't really have the time or whatever, like... Mm-hmm kids have to be heard they're fucking people too like they're not just something to be seen and not heard i really i really think this movie will fly over your over cameron's head 
Everything flies over Cameron's head. I know, but this one would be like, she, she, like she, she might as well like have her eyes roll back <laughs> into her brain. I and I honestly think if Cadence, you know, Cadence is what she's like ten, eleven. She's eleven. I think Cage would totally be like, holy shit. Yeah. This is my anthem. <laughs> this is totally my movie. <laughs> yeah. Even though like you don't treat her like that, you don't stifle. No, she's just <laughs> naturally a goth girl inside. Yeah, a goth girl who takes forever to do anything, everything, which is a goth girl. Got it. Um, all right, is there anything else you want to add to it? Uh, no. Oh. No? No? No. No. All right. So that's going to be it for our show for this week. Um, we want to thank everybody for joining joining us. We especially thank the folks at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website, uh, where our co-host, the lovely Kelsey Loisel, writes for. Uh, so you can find all your film TV and film news, TV news, and reviews on yourentertainmentcorner.com. Judy, if you're listening, hope you're doing okay out there. Um, You can find this podcast on all your podcast catchers. We're all over the place. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you you guys get it. You guys get it. So for next week's show, we're going to keep it going with the uh, streaming stuff. Uh, We are going to be doing uh, the film A Hero which is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Let me get the director's name. I always, I need it. This dude's work. Uh, his name is, let me find the guy's name. His name is Asar uh, Fahid. Uh, I believe this is, I'm trying to remember which, I think it's like a, oh, it's a movie from Iran. I've seen this dude. It's so funny. This is like this. Okay, I'm going to tell you the story about this dude who keeps coming into my life, right? Mm-hmm. I saw this movie years and years ago called A Separation, right? An- another Iranian film uh, came out 2011, mm-hmm. right? I just remember seeing the trailers and I was like, I gotta watch this movie. Holy shit, right? <laughs> watch it. Great fucking film, right? Years go by. Okay. 2021. I'm in World's, uh, World Cinema class for school. Teacher's like, hey, we're gonna cover Iran. You need to watch this one movie called The Salesman, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll watch The Salesman, right? Watch Salesman. Totally in it. Fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. Same fucking director. <laughs> and I, and this and this movie, I hear it keeps popping up. Like all these like film podcasts or film news and stuff like that. This movie keeps popping up a hero. And I'm like, who's the director? Oh, he made this movie? Holy shit. All right. I need to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch it. So we're going to watch a hero. Uh, like I said, streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, with that, our geriatric cinematic will be uh, a simple plan. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think that's the same Raimi film. Uh, 1998's uh, A Simple Plan by Sam Raimi. One of his uh, one of his thrillers that people don't really talk about. Um, they don't talk about it probably because it's bad. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I've actually <laughs> never watched it. Really? I've actually never watched it. I'm actually really excited to watch it. Um, so, A Simple Plan is currently, at, at this moment, is available to rent on Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube TV, and other VOD services. Uh, the topic for that week will be, shit is just going to go sideways. Hmm. Sideways. You know what? What? just reminds me hmm. i can't really say details but it just reminds me of that one facebook page we follow the the shit the shit like 
This is why. Shit, like this is why Jesus changed his middle name to fucking. fucking. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, they've been posting a lot of poop videos in there lately. Oh my god. <laughs> they have. It's to the point where I'm like, oh, I can't even watch this. I'm not gonna watch this. And then I start watching it, and then I gag. And then I just hate myself. No, there was one that amazed me. It amazed you? It was amazing. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't know that was possible. Look, the human body is capable of many things. And putting so many things out of their body.